we read the, the New Testament, we can hardly fail to notice that the resurrection stories seem rather different from the others. There's less consistency between the Gospels. They can't even agree whether the, the, the resurrection appearances happened in Jerusalem or Galilee. An even greater sense of amazement at what earth is happening. And surely the explanation for that lies not in the way the evangelists were working, but in the events themselves. We've got 84 chapters of Jesus' birth, life and death. Some of it was unusual. Some of it seemed even unlikely. But none of it impossible. And then five chapters on the resurrection, which was and is quite plainly impossible. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John knew that perfectly well. They reflected on what they'd been told and it was different from anything that ever happened before. Different from even the most extraordinary tales in the Old Testament. There were plenty of them. They knew it couldn't have happened. They also knew that it had. Which was a little bit confusing for them, I think. The presence of the living Jesus was all around them in the different churches they belonged to. The impossible had happened. Which causes one or two problems for any reporter. But perhaps we shouldn't be surprised if the accounts were a bit difficult to follow. Difficult to understand in the way that we might hope to do. So let's try and look at some of those accounts from the point of view of those writing them down. Like Mark, we celebrate St Mark's Day on Tuesday. He was the first of the evangelists, we call them now. And we don't know much about him, but we can guess. We can guess that he was a faithful member of a church, a Christian church, probably in Rome 25 years after the events he's setting out. He's been telling the stories about Jesus' life. But just imagine people have been asking exactly what happened with this resurrection. He's been very clear so far about what he did in terms of healings, in terms of his death. Yes. But I guess that Mark found it difficult to tell the impossible story of the resurrection. He knew it had happened. But what on earth to say? So imagine him thinking it out. We know that the women went to the, gra to, to the grave the day after the Sabbath. Well, obviously they would have done, wouldn't they? That's what a bunch of women would do. Perhaps they can get this story down. And they saw there was an open, empty tomb instead of one that had been sealed up somehow and they could get into and anoint the body. They'd have freaked out completely if they hadn't seen the angel who told them to start walking to Galilee. An angel telling them that they were in the wrong place. That they needed to go back to where they belonged. To their ordinary lives. 
They weren't going to see Jesus there, outside a tomb. We don't know whether they went and told the, the apostles first, whether they just started going back to find the apostles had gone before them. But let's assume Mark was right. They said nothing to anybody, for they were afraid. That's what it says in the, in the, in the text. Fits summer, doesn't it? They went to the grave to find a body. And they were told by an angel. Angels can be pretty frightening anyway, but uh, less frightening perhaps than some of the other possibilities. They were in the wrong place, looking for Jesus in unfamiliar posh Jerusalem. They'd see him, see him in Galilee, in their ordinary lives, not in the big smoke. So without explanations, they're still scared stiff, they went. Mark thought perhaps that's enough explanation of how Jesus rose again. Stop looking for a better story. Look for Jesus in your home, where you live, where you belong. However afraid you are, especially when you're in unfamiliar situations, enough thought Mark to complete my storytelling they were told to go home and find Jesus and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid it's like an unusual ending to a book more than slightly absurd and yet, yet that surely was the message that Mark wanted to give to the people around him, asking what exactly happened about Jesus' resurrection. And the answer is to go home. And that's where you find him. Now, that's not to say you won't find him anywhere else, but it's worth reflecting on. Jesus is there in the most ordinary things not on special occasions, or just on special occasions. So let's turn to Luke, again responsible for telling the story to a different church. Not quite sure where that was. Perhaps a church where some people were becoming less sure about whether they belonged, less sure about the difference that Jesus made. Wondering if Jesus wasn't really rather a disappointment in answering prayer or inspiring worship. Perhaps there are times when each of us can identify with that feeling. <coughs> so imagine Luke telling them, telling the story. I've told them the story about Mary Magdalene, about Peter and the empty tomb. But some folk around me are telling, them, telling me that I only talk about the important people, the apostles and so on. Most of them are dead by now. 
And there are those in the congregation that love to read and study the scriptures. But some of them aren't Hebrew reading Jews. We've only got bits of the law and the prophets anyway. And some letters from Paul. I must get that writing finished. So what I need to tell is the story about a couple of ordinary people. I've just got the, just got the one that I've heard. I'm not quite sure who it was from. Was it Paul? Can't remember. Anyway, let's tell it. It does seem to fit pretty well. Two people. I've only got one name, that's Claire Pass. I don't know if they're two friends or husband and wife or father and son or what. No idea. They'd gone away from the main group in Jerusalem who'd hung around waiting for something to happen. I wonder whether they'd just got disillusioned. Fed up. Nothing's happening here. They headed off home, presumably. The village somewhere away. It's called Emmaus, where they could spend the night in peace, away from the crowded place that the apostles squeezed into. And away from all that self-importance that perhaps some of the apostles were showing. We were the people that really mattered in Jesus' ministry, weren't we? I don't know. These two perhaps weren't too sure about the Old Testament, what, what we now call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. It can be pretty difficult, can't they? I mean, when they're read in, in the synagogue, they need somebody to interpret them. And wants to translate them. Yeah, Matt, we talk that, that some of them talk these days is quite different from the Hebrew even. Let alone those of us who speak Greek. Anyway, these two meet someone on the road. You can see they're depressed and unsure of themselves and not got a lot to look forward to. What are you talking about? Well, I don't know how polite the folk were to this man they just met, who was nosing into their business. Pretty obvious, I'd have thought. You know what's happened over the weekend? We'd had such great hopes about this Jesus. And frankly, he's let us down. That sounds familiar. I'm sure some of us at least have felt let down by Jesus. Well, says this man, look at the scriptures. And the follows presumably the longest Bible study in history. Well, I don't know exactly what he said. Because there's plenty of material in the Old Testament, as we know it, that points towards the pattern that Jesus followed, rather than the one that the Jews expected. But he told them with authority about these things. 
and they listened as they walked along. Was it seven miles? I wonder how out of breath Jesus was at that stage. But that's another story. This is where we're stopping. Come and join us for some food. Natural Jewish way of doing things. You're hospitable. You insist that the guest who's apparently walking on into the night joins us. And that is when they realise who they're talking to. We draw from that. Could be several things, of course. Does that mean that we'll meet Jesus in the sharing of food? Bread and wine, perhaps? Or at every meal? The formal meal we have this morning? Well, lots of the time. But I suspect the loop took comfort from a picture that said he didn't worry too much anymore about those people that seem to be drifting away, the people that aren't sure, the people that are disappointed in Jesus, the people that feel they've let him down, sorry, the people that feel he's let them down. They need to meet Jesus properly, yes. Probably not quite like those two running back from Emmaus in the middle of the night to Jerusalem. I presume they never knew the way pretty well, otherwise they'd have had problems in the dark. But that surely is the message to all of us. Get to grips with the law and the prophets. and look to see Jesus wherever we meet and share food together. That surely is the message for us too. Don't miss out. What you can receive here this morning and Sunday by Sunday, don't miss out on the fullness that Jesus gives to every one of his people.